Back up, please. Hello and welcome to Indicast episode number 244. I'm your host, Aditya, and along with me, I have Abhishek. Hello, everyone. It's a big day in India. Buleto World Cup final hone wala hai. Around 24 more hours to go. This is one of the best chances where the odds are very much in favor of India this time. I had a, a friend, a colleague of mine, text me late in the night saying he has four tickets that uh, are up for sale. So I quickly called him because it's happening in Ahmedabad. And he said, it's 35,000 rupees, man. I said, no, man, thank you. <laughs> so 35,000. Yeah. These, these tickets are going at one, one and a half lakh rupees. And uh, a funny story, and I can't reveal the name of the brand to which this happened. But if you go on the stands wearing t-shirts which has your company's logo then you could receive a legal notice from the ICC no saying you are promoting your brand and what happened was in this in the semi-finals one of the batsmen hit the ball it came straight into the crowd where these guys were sitting <laughs> and every some 20 of them were wearing the same t-shirt it just had an innocuous logo on the top left like Puma and it does and uh, they were asked to disperse you cannot sit together this is you are using it as an opportunity to market your wares which is oh, because, because that is the extent to which uh, brands go to pay money right that is their uh, uh, you know explanation but of course if there are 20 guys wearing adidas t-shirt nobody is going to tell them to go uh, because you know you get them everywhere but yeah. just because it was a i don't know it's funny but do you think those guys were there with that intention or was it like a, a few salesmen being given bonus tickets or something like that they got lucky uh, they won something they have their tickets now they want to go they want to say that they are from that organization just for the fun of it because they are colleagues so they, they print t-shirts it's just got a company logo on the top and that's it they were asked to you know you be careful next time it was a warning it was not like they were told uh, that you will be you know slapped with a fine uh, it, it's similar to what we got you remember i think we got a notice oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in we 2009 uh, because I think for the listeners who are still around since then, there was no, you know, streaming back in the day, 2007 World Cup finals, where we muted the television set and did commentary. And then we got a note saying, next time, don't do it, please. <laughs> so it was a very gentle reminder to us that who owns the rights? You don't uh, fiddle with it. But yeah, it, this is India's to lose, as you said. Ten games on the trot, another one to go. Another one to go. 50-50s from Virat. How massive is that? Oh, you bet. That was that was something. I don't know how big Canada. How big is it there? Because Canada and US played the first ever cricket match uh, international in the cricket of, match. Uh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Uh, it it is big, but because of this time difference, I think it hasn't really caught on as much out here. Um, otherwise, there is there is a T Twenty. Canada T20 Championship that happens. I think Yuvraj Singh had showed up, uh, had come over to play in one of these. Uh, it's it's going to be there. I think it's uh, the next T20 hmm. is in the US, right? Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Yes, so it's absolutely. Up. And when India win the World Cup, peep out of your window and uh, you know record something. And maybe we'll cover that in the next podcast. And I hope I have not jinxed there is, it. There is this area called Brampton outside of Toronto, one of the suburbs in hmm. Toronto. That is like completely... Uh, Jalandhar basically okay. everyone okay. out there is you know the Indians find yeah. it too Indian right? uh, <laughs> so, but but it's an amazing place when there is a festival that is oh. that's the place to go 
best Indian restaurants, dhaba type food and things like that. And the Diwali is mm. out there, rock. Uh, you can see also the fireworks up there. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that that place would go crazy or nuts if India win. And let's see. Anyways, let's let's move on. Indian cheeses are also doing well. Apparently, there is a World Cheese Awards that happened, and it happened for the thirtieth time. And an Indian cheese, a cheese made in India. It was surprised you shared that link with me because when you go to the nearest Godrej Nature's Basket, which is the for the affluent people, I barely go there. But when I go there, the price list prices are astronomical. First of all, cheese is very expensive. My cheese in the house is that of Amul cheese slice, ten rupees a slice. But cheese yes. can really be very very expensive, and uh, and all of those are Mondelez or what from what Swiss cheese, right? Or from the European country. So what is so great about this Indian cheese? Why did it win the award? So it won for its texture and taste. It is made in Mumbai, by the way. Believe it or not, brown in color. It resembles pedha as well. The texture. The maker of the cheese is Elisteria. and you can buy it online and the founder and, and the creator of the cheese is a lady named Mosam Narangan she based out of mumbai he is someone who was studying in the uk and then moved back to india and, and was doing a corporate job and she was into cheese making and spent a lot of time doing this finally took the plunge and started her own business which then became a creamery and started supplying to you know restaurants to horekas as they call it while i was reading it hotel restaurant and cafeterias horeka so while making and she to mostly make mozzarella and which is made from cow milk and the whey do you know what whey is i had to google it up so cow's milk is basically 70% water and 30% of other materials the water content after you separate out the 30% that is called whey typically there used to be so much whey and in the villages or in baki log when they make it they feed it to the pigs or farm animals but being an urban creamery they couldn't do that so she figured out a way to reuse that to make this particular cheese it took off she she, she provided it to her friends etc they said it tastes like peda and she was like the, the toughest thing of participating uh, in the competition was actually filling out all the export forms to take the cheese from india <laughs> to spain where the championships were being held and did not expect to she she expected to do well but did not expect mm. to rank but here we are amazing right awesome and it's not an old company at all uh, they launched in 2020 they started uh, in 2018 so absolutely. what absolutely and it's not expensive you for 150 grams you get it for 400 rupees it's it's known as a norwegian style veg cheese you learned something new absolutely i think i will order some fourth best cheese in the world will be in my and house very exactly. soon <laughs> right next to amut uh <laughs> Yes. <laughs> don't 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 talk shit about Amul man. Amul is is pretty good too. No, no Amul the, is the common any, man's uh, Norwegian cheese. Absolutely. Exactly. The number one, the the top of the pile was a cheese actually from Norway, a Norwegian blue cheese named Nidelvenbla. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that, but I pronounced. Uh, Mont Mont Blanc. How do you do the Mont Blanc? All my life until Mont, somebody corrected me. Mont Blanc. 
Montblanc or something. <laughs> Another trivia. You know how how France is uh, known for cheeses. It's cheeses, mm. and also UK is a massive consumer of cheese. Not even in top ten. Oh yeah. yeah. I was trying to read up on and all these things, and it coincidentally you were sending me messages about the junk food problem that is being talked about a lot in India these days. I mean, you see them walking around you. Uh, the average kid these days is a little more overweight than chubbier. What? Chubbier, yes. Okay, is that a euphemism now? <laughs> uh, just plain. Some of us are plain obese now. When you when you go out uh, to buy clothes, you find men walk out of the changing rooms wearing tight t-shirts with a pot belly, and I think that you are seeing more of that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, these days and uh, there are statistics to back that up so the sale of snacks and soft drinks uh, it is said that it's almost tripled in the last 10 years and it exceeded 30 billion dollars unilever india will become the largest source of revenue for unilever in the next 10 years and in any case 60% of all their business comes from emerging markets is what uh, they claim among children world obesity federation which i didn't know existed the world obesity federation said that the annual rise among children is the steepest in the world in india behind vietnam and namibia so it is a real and uh, present problem and i i don't know man I, I, how how is it in the, you've traveled to canada japan and a few, a few other countries here it's very normal to watch a parent offer chips to a kid who is not old enough to make that decision with a lot of uh, in marathi there is a word called kautuk hey hey mera beta maza mulga chips kha do or whatever i am not judging anybody's parenting style but you let the kid uh, be old enough to make that mistake voluntarily rather than get him to eat it at this this stage and he will not know what it was meaning you you need to be living some part of your life where you know what it is to be clean otherwise you are you know you, you just don't know you don't Absolutely. have a yardstick so why why do all of that you know your birthday i'm sorry i'm going on a long rant here because my kid is being invited to birthday parties in mcdonalds because that's a new thing <laughs> it is not uh, yes. a regular no samosa wafers and cake I, i'm not suggesting that that was terribly uh, healthy but that was the only time they would have that but now it is you know maybe maybe the standard of living has increased and samosa is a burger these days uh, we are just moving along with the times so i don't know where i i mean i i just went off there but yeah we could do we could do better yeah, if you were talking uh, about obesity by the way in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or junk food problem not obesity junk food problem you are noticing that a lot huh? yeah. this is backed by the numbers as well there was a, a survey done for of 10th 11th and 12th graders in public school 33% of them turned out to be obese now what is obese anyone who has bmi body mass index of 25 or more is considered to be obese overall out here the question that you asked yes there is a currently there is a little bit at least i see that people are hesitant about buying candy no coke and all those sort of things an occasional thing here and there is fine but not as a regular thing i think it's also because we don't have many rules that govern how these kinds of food can be advertised so there is i forget yeah. which brand uh, it uh, some biscuit brand talked about isme milk aur aata hai they didn't use the word healthy obviously it is not healthy but then it, it's being 
perceived as elite there was one more kinder joy which is that big rage everywhere i think oh, yeah. in india there was there is an ad on tv and on social media talking about the products vitamin b12 content but uh, it does not talk about anything with respect to you know if one egg the saturated fats and stuff uh, this, uh, yeah ha- no it, it it's ah. half of the daily sugar intake recommended by health uh-huh. experts for children under 10 says bloomberg so uh, it doesn't talk about that and mexico had done this they introduced a sugar tax in 2014 and they said they will have warning labels on junk food since 2020 so if it had excess sugar calories sodium or saturated fat by official mexican standards uh, they fought the lobby in november 2016 national epidemiological emergency is uh, what they declared so obesity is an epidemic we all know it's spreading yeah and uh, agency that is supposed to ensure safety and quality of food products in india is known as a food safety and standards authority of india fssai now they do have guidelines for the sale and marketing of foods that are high in fat salt and sugar they are known as hfss and there are guidelines that uh, the foods that are high in those things cannot be sold or advertised within 50 meters of school advertisements for these foods cannot be aired during children's program on television however these guidelines are voluntary there are no penalties <laughs> for non compliance like they would would you know what's the point in india also apparently a couple of years ago there was a talk of just like you said you called it something in india they called it a sin tax which would raise prices for unhealthy foods and drinks yeah but then the lobby was kerala by the way uh, in 2016 oh. they they introduced a fat tax which uh, uh, was uh, then revoked and i think the manufacturers also yeah they've like ruffles lays for example no one can eat just one is the ad that we grew up to ek bar khaoge to khate reh jaoge which is basically there is a book called irresistible by adam alter there he talks about how to wean yourself off addiction from smartphones or junk food or whatever these are engineered in a way yeah. let's say chips and any brand for that matter so that you you don't you feel just about enough craving to reach out for the next one even if your stomach is full they figured out a way to to get to us because you know mouth watering food we talk about junk food manufacturers know exactly which ingredients will induce more saliva and generally why do we water when we see delicious food or food because it is needed to digest the food so automatically our reflexes kick in so uh, so manufacturers uh, know that so you need more you need, they they are facilitating they are making it easier to consume more uh, you know medulla oblongata स्कूल में पढ़ा था याद है हां इधर होता है इधर का पीपल वोंट बी एबल टू सी इन द वीडियो बट आई एम पॉइंटिंग टू द बैक ऑफ माय हैंड आई हैड मग्ड अप दोस लेसन्स छोटा मग्ड आई डोंट नो मेबी क्रांति वीर फ्रॉम नाना पाटेकर ना छोटा मग्ड छोटा मग्ड मैंने ही मारने का सो एनीवे द इट इज अ पार्ट ऑफ द ब्रेन व्हिच इज रिस्पांसिबल फॉर व्हाट दे कॉल सलाइवरी रिफ्लेक्स so medulla oblongata it controls many many functions sneezing vomiting vomiting etc and then when you receive these stimuli medulla oblongata sends what they call neurotransmitters to the glands which produce saliva when when for me it is magnum ice cream uh, you know bada ho gaya kharcha kar raha hai obesity uh, we are very uh, we don't call people out right if somebody smoking we say bhai smoking band kar 
it's not good for your health uh if you're drinking hey you know make sure you don't drink too much have you ever seen anybody say are you mota ho gaya hai tu khana wana band kar unless you are a very good friend it's a symbol of prosperity also you know apna i mean <laughs> yeah that's what you call right you, you touch someone's oh you're prosperity you that's a joke among ganpati ka bhi pet bada hai Uh, no, no, but that's a joke among <laughs> newly married couples where the guy suddenly starts putting weight because oh, oh, oh it looks like uh, you know symbol of prosperity. <laughs> but you know, fat shaming, वगैरह बोलते हैं. I wonder if you are yeah. too sensitive. Fat as a word in novels is being removed. वो क्या था? Sensitivity editing, yeah. Sensitivity readers बोल के started uh, looking at P. G. Woodhouse and all these novels from the past. Roald Dahl, kids yeah, author. Yeah, Roald Dahl. Yeah. Roald Dahl. So they have started excising paragraphs or tempering the language because you know he was he he would call spade a spade. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I'm reading these days, uske under the word fat and all is used very liberally. But I don't think that will survive in the next uh, few years, or they may have even yes. taken no. it out. And there was one there was one stand-up comedy act by Ricky Gervais who who says that look I was fat and uh, I have lost twenty pounds and people start to applaud. Uh, he says why are you applauding me for losing weight? Because I'm only eating as much as I should. Why are you applauding someone for suddenly acting like a normal member of society? It's like it's like I've lost a bit of weight. I've lost about twenty pounds. Exactly. What? No. No. You're basically applauding me for only eating as much as I need now. I should have. I should have always been doing that. I got fat because I was a greedy, lazy bastard. There's no other explanation. And I, I, I need the people that they come to me now and they go, oh well, oh well done. You look great. But they weren't telling me I looked terrible. They're basically saying I looked terrible. They no, no one told me at the time it was really taboo. I needed waiters to come over and go, "Fuck off! You've had enough," right? <laughs> and I've been criticised in the past for having a go at fat people. I've never had a go at fat people. I've only ever pointed out the fact that you get fat if you take in more calories than you burn off, and that that's indisputable. Okay. Now, the thing is, not only is that what makes you fat. People know that's what's making them fat. No one got fat behind their own back. <laughs> no one and, and went, "What the fuck's that?" Okay, <laughs> it's not a surprise. It's a gradual process. You have loads of time to back out from this project. <laughs> and, he... <laughs> and so it's talking it's about the the <laughs> talking about how to use how to trigger your brain for huh? people to eat more. Yeah. There is this new phenomenon called Ozempic. You would have read about it, uh, yeah, okay. which is so. Ozempic is a, a a drug. It's a drug class for something that is known as glucagon peptides, or known as GLPs, which is act. It increases the secretion of insulin, right? And it was introduced as a drug in two thousand and five. For people who are suffering with uh, type two diabetes, it, insulin produced by that. One of the side effects was that it also triggers that part of the brain, which tells your brain to not empty your stomach, Ooh. and it also tells your brain to not feel hungry. As a result, people started losing weight due to that, and now there is an ozempic wave that is going across to reduce weight. and it has gone to such an extent that the creator of ozempic novo nordisk is like the biggest company in sweden there it's a rage right now to a point where people are using it in such huge quantities 
that few countries, Belgium, Germany, many other European countries have also banned issuing of Ozempic to non-type 2 diabetic people. There was a shortage of the medicines. Recently, in the US, they said that Krispy Kreme, its stock fell down hmm. because it worries that, you know, no one orders Ozempic and other drugs that are, are being used the demand for donuts is going down, and this is reported in Bloomberg again. Beer and snack stocks are plummeting. Walmart said that it has taken a hit on its food sales. Clothing brands are seeing more demand for slimmed down shoppers. Airlines are calculating how much lighter flyers will save them on fuel costs. And then it has an impact on healthcare system as well. Like bariatric surgery is not required. Bariatric bulleto, if you're too fat, they, they basically surgically remove it. Diabetes devices like insulin pumps, etc. Because there is a lot more demand. for it. In the US, it is like a real thing where they are saying that this Ozempic effect is going to have an impact on QSRs. We are, will, we are willing to do everything except what... Basically. Yeah, yeah, or, or run. There is this doctor again in one of the same article who is who who states that obesity can be linked to hereditary being hereditary. Okay, there are certain tendencies, of course, within certain boundaries where you have a tendency to put on weight. Right? So if you don't counter it by doing appropriate exercises, then it can get out of hand. Right. Feeling good after doing exercise is also hereditary. That some people don't get that dopamine. You don't get all those things are not secreted as much when you exercise. So people don't feel like exercising. Others feel like exercising because they get that high. So one thing leads to other. I made light of it at the beginning where, you know, you eat less, you won't eat less, you won't be obese. But of course, there are, you know, if you're on steroids, you are on certain kind of medication, you suddenly start putting on weight. And even if you eat a little bit, you you know, suddenly start uh, putting more than an average person would. But I think eventually it comes down to knowing, you know, when to stop uh, as well. And and the extent that people go through, you talked about bariatric surgeries. So uh, these weight loss surgeries, so you create, and it has, even that has side effects. Either you create oh, yeah. a smaller uh, stomach or you bypass the part of the gut that absorbs calories or the gastric band physically puts a ring around the stomach which means we are intruding in our natural bodily uh, you know organs to try and get around a problem uh, which i think we could do otherwise so and, I, and it has a side effect the side effect being and there is this book called dopamine nation where dr anna lemke the psychiatrist from stanford who was kind enough to join us on that point blank interview she writes one in four gastric bypass surgery recipients develops a new problem with alcohol addiction. I think this, these are the figures from the US. Stomach gets smaller. So alcohol gets absorbed into the bloodstream almost instantly. So you can get high sooner, <laughs> stay longer, intoxicated for a longer time. And, and she writes, you know, we can and should celebrate a medical intervention that can improve the health of so many people. But the fact that we must resort to removing and reshaping internal organs and accommodate our food supply Masks are turning point in the history of human consumption. And we, we call them all lifestyle diseases, right, these days? Oh, yes. For example, heart attack, so you can see someone is in pain. Yeah. In this one, you don't see someone being in pain yeah. as much. right? You can Correct. see that there is discomfort. But anyways, it's all yeah. interesting things that is that, that are happening. And in fact, it's so fun. The next topic that we are going to talk about has a high-calorie 
cooking method in it. Sam Bankman Freed. <laughs> no, no. Are you talking that, about that? That was so bad. Oh man, that was so bad. I talking about transition. Talking about no. segways. What what's happening with Sam Bankman Freed? Uh, and I think we are talking about c- crypto because uh, uh, there was a time when yes. we would track the price of Bitcoin and to see how our respective investments were doing and we were all gung-ho about crypto changing the world about one and a half year back. I was not. I was not yeah. gung-ho. I, uh, well, uh, uh, you weren't gung-ho. I, I quoted skeptic. a very uh, trust, uh, trusted friend of mine who told me that it is going to change yeah. the world. And But no, so uh, yeah, but Sam Bankman-Fried's world has indeed changed. He was the founder of uh, FTX, the cryptocurrency exchange, which uh, promised heaven and earth to everyone. But anyway, long story short, he was jailed for 110 years. Uh, it took the jury four hours to deliberate on seven counts of fraud that he faced. His cryptocurrency exchange sunk uh, about a year ago. Yeah, they announced bankruptcy after exorbitantly spending on various different campaign donations, moving money from here to there, violating terms and services. The the amount of reserves that they had, uh, there was no risk management team, etc. in place, right? How can, being from fintech, I don't understand how that was possible. And then siphoning off of money investor funds the the prosecutor here said yeah the cryptocurrency might be new but what the fraud that he committed was a classic fraud that has been going on for years and many people have have done that people were so surprised about the arrogance that this person had to actually playing out the way he did and not going for a plea bargain or accepting that he did something wrong one of his um, early hires nishat singh he was a coder and uh, he was being uh, cross-examined and uh, he said that when he realized how big the hole was in the balance sheet and we'll talk about it in a bit he was on the balcony of a penthouse which costed 35 million dollars and he was sitting with uh, Sam uh, Bankman Freed and uh, there was some 13 billion dollars of money that had been borrowed much of which couldn't be paid back so this guy is completely shitting bricks so to speak Nishad Singh he's talking to Bankman Freed and he says he's on his deck chair and he replies that oh right that the 13 billion dollars yeah we are we are a little short on deliverables that was his quote uh, very nonchalantly sitting there and he uh, used this in the testimony and uh, these traits were visible there's a brilliant book by Michael Lewis on uh, Sam Bagman-Fried, where he lists down certain traits of uh, Sam, let's call him that, because he calls him that in the book. SBF. SBF. Uh, laying out facts like he would play computer games while being interviewed or while doing important investment decisions. He went to the Bahamas, where they spent 300 to 400, or 200 to 300 million dollars on real estate. It was entrusted to architects who had never designed a building. It had, uh, to quote, the most glorious five-bedroom units and stocked with mountains of Chinese snacks dress for any occasion and enough alcohol to sink a pirate ship and they chose uh, Bahamas because so they had options right they could go to Antigua it had good laws but not in, not good internet speed uh, is, is, so that's why he ditched Antigua then Taiwan he said no because China could anytime invade uh, Europe and America did not have uh, friendly laws uh, in terms of crypto and uh, Dubai would have worked out but they, they had too many Chinese women so he was afraid of the government suddenly, you know, the Chinese government also stepping in. So, Bahamas. And it was a pretty much an overnight uh, decision. And the industry itself, we've, it's dodgy, right? So, do you know why the CEO of Binance, Changpeng Zhao, who's the 
the big uh, lord of CZ. crypto cz he chose dubai because it did he chose to set up his shop in dubai or or i think he lives in dubai uh, because it does not have an extradition treaty with the united states so talk about uh, inspiring confidence the reasons for selecting yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly so i'll narrate my favorite incident from the book in terms of how sloppy or uh, what's the right word for it here uh, careless one could be so callous uh, callous yes so 4 million dollars is a case of missing 4 million dollars there is a chapter in which michael lewis talks about it early in the days when uh, sam bankman fried was setting this up ripple was another uh, token yeah. uh, ripple was a carbon neutral equivalent to bitcoin because as you know bitcoin to mine bitcoin there is a lot of electricity needed blah 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 so and it cost 25% more to buy ripple in south korea than it did in the united states so if you you sell it there you buy bitcoin in south korea you ship it to the us you sell it for dollars and you make some 5% in the bargain but if you're trading arbitrage yes and they were doing some 250000 trades a day so it was a very profitable thing but what happened yeah. was in this one fine day 4 million dollars vanished none of the team members could realize ki debit to hua credit kyun nahi hua reconciliation nahi hua reconciliation nahi hua so and people started leaving because this guy didn't care he said chalna theek hai we'll find it and what happened was they found it when they traced the itinerary of the trade so it was apparently sent from kraken it was a us crypto exchange imagine the name is kraken yeah. Yeah? and it was sent to bithumb korean uh, exchange but the computer languages were not compatible to each other so bithumb could receive xrp which is the token ripple from kraken but not the name of the person who owned the tokens so the problem was not detected because it was only specific to ripple so these guys didn't uh, really know it was happening and when uh, yeah. smb got to know it he picked up the phone and called it was transferred to three different operators before he landed in the right desk and then let me quote to banda bola exchange ka from south korea are you the fucker who sent us like 20 million ripple tokens how the fuck are you calling us now after you know such a long time and sam could hear someone scream in the background holy fuck we found them because what was happening is every day these tokens were getting piled up and these guys in south korea were scratching their heads ye kon hai bhai who is nobody is claiming it now what do we do with this who is this and yeah. yeah so it was that that sloppy man and it, it, these were uh, nobody knew but these were uh, early early uh, warning signs early warning signs yeah it's those is these small mistakes that keep on you don't take them seriously and it gives you the leeway to think you can do thoda sa it's a a little bit more serious legal infringement than that thoda 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 karke it becomes this big huge thing right and this guy was supposed to be this poster child genius of you know what the young can do etc boom 20 billion dollars of personal wealth apparently in crypto for so whatever it means yeah. gone by the way in the meantime he is his parents apparently there is this the one one big article which gives you a play by play of how the judgment went went down written by a, a tech reporter and it beautifully captures this person was watching how his parents were doing he comes from quite a respected background his his father bankman and freed respected law professors at stanford bankman worked on the us tax code on behalf of low income people freed is known for her work on legal ethics and ran the donor network for mind the gap for democratic causes they come from an educated background he portrayed himself as being the benevolent 
billionaire giving away money for and he was actually lobbying for more regulations while yes. all these things were yes. going down and he didn't he didn't find that he was doing anything wrong and how did this all happen you said that although crypto is new the prosecutor argued that the fraud is old school so that's what happened so the, on on november yeah. 2nd last year there was one unaudited document that was leaked by someone inside uh, alameda research which is which was a sister hedge fund which is which is right in the center stage of all this the big scam so money from ftx had gone into alameda research where the balance sheet it showed 14.6 billion dollars of assets and 8 billion of liabilities but the problem was more than one third of those assets were ftt which is the token that ftx had issued some 3 years earlier and what were these tokens yaar you just can mint it's not dollar it's not fiat yeah. currency or anything how alameda got in was you know you've seen when there is a magic show or there is this fun fair jab hota hai na where you are asked to guess in which cup do you have that coin and and the guy will try and confuse yeah. you and if you get it right you'll you'll double the odds wagera there are some people standing around him who are uh, winning and those are their own people big so that it creates enough buzz so that other people come in so alameda was that where it was what they call the largest market maker you start at least let's get somebody to trade with ftx like a casino ftx had a good rule okay where if a trader like you and me we have to give a collateral and if we trade and if we lose and if it is going beyond the collateral whether it's a house or a mo- or anything then ftx would liquidate your position which means that it is safe it's not like it, it is taking bet more than it can handle but it made an exception mm-hmm. for this alameda research where you could trade to quote uh, infinity dollars so wo coding mein the the guy who coded it gary somebody uh, he was also a genius coder uh, he, he he created an exchange in one month which uh, uh, binance took some three or four months single handedly so that guy in the code made that exception and uh, they just kept uh, trading gaya fir matlab there was a <laughs> this just kept happening man so and nobody asked and, yeah. and yep uh, absolutely that's the thing yeah and this is this is exactly it it goes down to things need checks and balances right you just use the word geniuses all these people are supposed to be geniuses but they go ahead and lose money of of <laughs> people who are not geniuses right yes, yes. Uh, correct like me and so so the thing that and the big news that just broke as we record this is how the uh, sam altman has been let go has been fired by uh by the board at open ai right again he's he was supposed to be yeah, he was most likely person. or was he announced to be the person of the year right time person of the year look at where he is so it it makes me so nervous man about people who are creating all these things because it's finally people making decisions right the technology is going to the way it's written is what is going to determine the outcome so yeah you know this is another example where you create technology and you can manipulate it to suit your interests binance did that when when sam bankman fried wanted to set up his own ftx exchange so you're studying what binance was doing they found that uh, in the binance uh, crypto futures trading platform there was a tick 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 karke periodic uh, flows of uh, trading happening which did not mimic the market activity market mein kya hoga it will be infrequent this was happening in consistent way so it was it, it, that would be random but here they found that there were bots who were trading on the platform to create an illusion 
that there is a lot of yeah. trading happening but binance was actually trading with itself and the bots were doing that and there is a word for it it's called wash trading apparently and it's not legal this is this is also exactly what happened with nfts remember huh. is that we have no idea as to who were who were buying these things at ridiculous values but it could be the same person selling it to themselves all that we know is there is this one big anonymous hexadecimal alphanumeric character that we see but the concept is beautiful you develop a painting i buy it by paying crypto yeah. so each time i transfer that the original artist will get paid a little fee because it's coded into the system so it looks very oh it looks uh, very super know, uh, democratic and open and taking care of you know with with the public can do whatever that they want decentralized is good yeah. not necessarily it's not that i don't trust the technology it's just that i don't no. trust humans <laughs> or humans have a very bad reputation of doing things that are in their best interest which you know typically does not turn out good yeah. for a lot of the rest of us yeah. right the irony is what you've just described is and and this is something that michael lewis he's a brilliant writer big shot usne yeah. likha tha among other liar spoker big shot uh, so he writes this in traditional finance founded on a principle of mistrust people trusted total strangers with vast sums of money in crypto so the whole idea is you create these exchanges you said you don't want centralized system you don't want a jp morgan to trust with uh, to trust your money with them and then you end up creating these exchanges where you are not only trading bitcoin but housing bitcoin in it the ideal trust would be i pay something to you directly without any intermediary but crypto created those intermediaries uh, intermediaries anyway yeah the exchange so, is still there you trusted right? strangers exactly. with it so yeah exactly <laughs> So uh, oh well, well, well. I think we've gone. I'm sure there are so uh, we may be proved wrong uh, four years down the line, which I hope my investments do better than <laughs> minus fifty five percent that they are right now. But uh, I, I would still hope that some miracle. This is why we non geniuses, or I, I count myself there, right, are so naive that despite all this, exactly. you hope. Exactly. Yeah, pumps to go. Yeah, when you are very clear. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. If you don't understand it, don't do it. Yeah. Um, that those were the topics that we had for episode 244 we have released three back to back nazar lagaya most likely have jinxed it already now let's keep this going um we are available on twitter we are at indicast and i am at ac mathre abhishek is at abhishek kumar so you can also look us up on our facebook group join that community it would be good great to interact with you out there as well and if you just want to find us on your favorite podcast app just search for indicast and then follow that big bright pink color album art that you have and hit that follow button to automatically download the episodes as we publish them and and if you can also take some time out of your listening just hit that ratings button that's about it from me and you know sadithya along with abhishek signing off Bye-bye. Bye-bye.